you know, most of us have experienced what it's like to go through a spiritual battle, whether we realize it or not, whether we realize it was a spiritual battle or we just thought it was like a string of bad luck or something. If we are believers and we are following God's plan and we're trying to be obedient, it's only a matter of time before we experience this. And so today we look at Psalm chapter seven and the example of David when he was in a similar scenario and the way that we can pray through that. We can pray for God to reveal our role in that and how we can surrender and find this place of peace as we take refuge in God in those moments. I pray it blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. This week, we are continuing our study of the Psalms, and I pray that this study is blessing you. I would love to hear your feedback. Today, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 7, and this is a Psalm of David. And the note would indicate that this is a song that he sang to the Lord concerning Cush, who was a Benjamite. O Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. O Lord my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have done evil to him who is at peace with me, or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God. Decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gathered around you rule over them from on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. 
O righteous God, who searches minds and hearts, bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. My shield is God most high, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who expresses his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. He who is pregnant with evil and conceives trouble gives birth to disillusionment. He who digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit he has made. The trouble he causes recoils on himself. His violence comes down on his own head. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. So this is one of the lament psalms. We talked about lament the other day, where we are seeing David grieving or in in a place of sorrow and handing that sorrow over to the Lord. And I think it's important to point out that in some of the psalms, the psalmist that's writing is very aware that their own sin has resulted in some sort of discipline by God. We saw that uh, yesterday. But also, a lot of times that's not the case. And what we'll see is the psalmist protesting, um, basically kind of like Job did, claiming his innocence. And so a declaration of innocence by somebody that is suffering was very common to the, the ancient Near Eastern thought, the Mesopotamian thought line of thinking. So this kind of psalm is something that would have felt very familiar to them. And I think even in our own case, especially if we are, I know like in my own life, if we are in a place where we feel like we are doing everything that God has called us to do, and we're, we're still feeling like we're getting beat up by the enemy, there is this tendency to just be like, man, God, I feel like I'm doing everything right. And I still feel like I'm getting hammered. I think that's the kind of the vein of what all of Psalm 7 is referring to. And so really, this Psalm can be kind of like a model for all people, especially believers that are being treated unfairly, whether they're being falsely accused or maybe attacked by somebody that hates them or is against them for some reason. So this prayer that we see here can refer to other people, of course, but it also refers to our greatest enemy and and that is Satan or the evil one or however you want to refer to him and, and all of his demonic forces. And so I think it's important to remember, um, we're in a war, spiritually, we're in a war. When we, we live here in this place, we are in a spiritual battle. And the reality is, is in the same way that God is real, there is a real enemy who hates us and and he has agents to kind of discourage us and and make us feel defeated and attack us and and the reality is is it like see in verse 2 it says they will tear me like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me satan's constant desire is to tear us apart like a lion if we are in relationship with god then we are an enemy to the enemy. So it's always right to pray for rescue from the evil one. It's always um, appropriate and appropriate response to pray for deliverance from those kinds of things. And I think it's different than what we talked about yesterday. Yesterday was more the shame that surrounds our own conscience or the conviction we feel when we are we are sinning 
um, as believers. But there's also this time where we experience things in our lives purely as a result of evil, purely as a result of the enemy hating us. And a friend of mine says that there's almost this idea of predictable resistance when you are seeking God's plan or God's path in your in your life and you're living a life of faith and you're stepping out or you're doing things like maybe listening to a podcast so you can hear God's voice more clearly or starting a new Bible study because you want to learn how to understand the word better, all of those things included. As you start to lean into your relationship with God, the enemy starts to, um, we start to see his activity kick up. And so this psalm is an example of a kind of prayer that we can pray when we're feeling the weight of those things. And so in verse one, it says, Oh Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Those that are really committed to their relationship with God can take refuge in him during these times of trouble or what feels like injustice. And then appealing to him for help and protection is done on the basis of faithfulness. And I think there's a, there's a very real thing here that we, we sometimes miss when we're in these places. Um, if we have been serving God and we are putting forth our effort in the way that God has called us to do, and we are still feeling attacked, there is this basis of faithfulness that we can appeal to God to in in our in our prayers and the confidence that comes from this place of refuge we talked yesterday about that shield imagery that we have um this is a place where we can feel protected and receive peace despite the chaos that's going on around us verse 10 talks about the one who saves the upright in heart so the word of god teaches that those that serve and trust god they can also expect for him to rescue them in times of trouble. And so I think that's part of the reason why we want to clear our hearts from sin that because we, we don't want to feel that separation from God because these kinds of things, because we live in a fallen world are inevitably going to happen. And so, um, the model for praying this way looks at things like emphasizing our spiritual integrity. So that might mean, um, laying down things like our character or our devotion or our reliability um, and and pouring that out and saying, okay, when he says, judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, um, it's not self-righteousness or it's not arrogance if we're speaking from a place of obedience to what God has called us to do. And that kind of heart that loves and trusts God that is living according to God's word and God's principles, that place can make that appeal without it being self-righteous. It's really a good benefit to us as believers to pray for God's help from this humble, submissive, obedient heart. Because as we kind of confess that situation, it also helps us to reject the pull of sin that might be pulling us, the temptation that might be pulling us alongside of um, our life that we're trying to live with integrity for the Lord. In the New Testament, we'll see this um, a couple different times with the Apostle Paul. And and he talks about striving to keep his conscience clear before God. Um, And we see Jesus affirm that too. We will see Jesus affirm that when our minds are focused on him, we'll experience answer to prayer. 
And, and Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. John 15, 7. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that our answers may come in the ways or the time that we expect. Um, but what we do know is there's a confidence of knowing, number one, that God is trustworthy. Number two, that his timing is trustworthy. And number three, we can have peace in that place. I think over times in my life where I've experienced uh, attack and there was a season where I was speaking openly um, in an outside environment to a group of children and actually uh, there was a lot of parents there. And we were stepping out in faith to minister to this one particular community and I 100% was in a season of living and acting and stepping out in faith because everything I was doing felt way bigger than anything I was prepared for, equipped for, but I knew that God was calling me to. And so if you can imagine the scenario, it was the second week we had been down in this one particular neighborhood. The first week it rained like a monsoon and we're in Pennsylvania. We don't really get monsoons, but that's the only way to explain what happened. Um, the skies opened up and sheets of rain poured out and almost ruined all of our equipment and um, it was kind of a mess, but we had the privilege of praying with 13 kids that day to receive Christ for the first time. So the second week that we went down, um, this week we were giving out, I think it was hot dogs, which drew out a lot of the parents. And so we probably had a hundred people sitting there that day. And as we're doing the lesson and we're doing the games and all the fun stuff, everything was fine. But the moment I stepped up and I started declaring God's word, and we were actually teaching on the Holy Spirit that day. And I was kind of teaching in the line, in the vein of the superheroes. And we were talking about how the Holy Spirit is kind of like a real life superhero. And we can have a relationship as part of God, as part of the Trinity, we can have a relationship with him. And so I, I guided the children to invite the Holy Spirit into our, our presence. And so I guided them to say, okay, well, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. So they said, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And, and we did this other kind of call a back and forth prayer where we said, Holy Spirit, be with us today. And we kind of did a couple things like that. I kid you not, my ears closed up. Now I don't have problems with my ears normally. Sometimes I, I get you know, clogged ears from flying on planes and stuff. But other than that, I don't, I, I don't have ear problems. My ears completely closed up and I was deaf in the middle of declaring this message about the Holy Spirit. And I remember just feeling kind of what was going on in Psalm chapter seven. I'm like, what, what the heck is going on? And, and, um, mind you, I, I was in front of a hundred people. We were had set everything up for this moment, you know, all the lesson, everything that we're doing contributes to this moment in the lesson where we can explain to kids about faith in Jesus and what it means to make that kind of commitment. And I went deaf, like what, what is going on? And so I remember just like thinking, okay, God, deliver me from this. I, I like, obviously this is a very real enemy that is attacking right, right now. And I feel like that lion is prowling around because I'm on his territory and he hates me. I know that. Um, but Lord, if there's anything in my heart, like I, I confess it right now in the name of Jesus, I, I give that to you. Forgive me, Lord. And, and very quickly I was 
searching my heart and saying, okay, God, search my heart, search my heart and tell me if there's anything here because I, I don't know what's going on. And the only way to, to answer that is that it was an attack. It was an attack from the enemy. And so I kept speaking. I couldn't hear myself, but I kept speaking and it lasted probably about 20 minutes. And when we finished up and we prayed that last prayer and we started packing up the truck, my hearing came back. And I remember saying to my husband who was there at the time, like, could you tell a difference in my speech? And he's like, no, what are you talking about? I'm like, I couldn't hear a word I said. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, I, I was speaking, but I went deaf. Like I could not even hear internally. I couldn't even hear like, you know, it wasn't like it was muffled. I, I could not even hear my own words internally. And he said, no, nobody, nobody, when nobody knew, like, there was no difference. And there was a deliverance there. But what, what that taught me was that there very much is a real enemy that hates us. And while, yes, there could be elements that we have hidden sin in our hearts and that we haven't confessed and all those kinds of things. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about today is those situations where you know the enemy is attacking you. And the encouragement we see from, from David is going to God and saying, God, search my heart. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on right now, but I trust you. And we're going to give thanks because of your righteousness. And I'm going to still continue to sing your praises because of who you are. And then what we see is this element of deliverance. So we can um, approach these situations knowing that even if it's not answered in our timing, even if it's not answered the way we think it's going to be answered, that, that God is our refuge in those moments. And he still worked. He still worked through that situation. Even though I couldn't hear myself, he still worked. Um, and that was just the beginning of all the problems we had in that community. The enemy fought us so hard in that community. But I, I want to reread this now with perhaps that vein of thought as you're thinking through the attacks that come from the enemy and those times that we feel like it, it very clearly is attack and it's not a result of our own sin. And I'm going to reread it in light of those insights. Oh Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Oh Lord, my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have done evil to him who is at peace with me or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God. Decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you. Rule over them from on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. O righteous God, who searches minds and hearts, bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. My shield is God most high, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who expresses his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. He who is pregnant with evil and conceives trouble gives birth to disillusionment. He who digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit he has made. The trouble he causes recoils on himself. His violence comes down on his own head. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. God, thank you 
that in those situations where we are feeling attacked by the enemy, that we can have the confidence to know that you, through some of this battle imagery, we can understand that you are our shield. You are our protector. You are the righteous judge. And you are present in those moments. Lord God, we give thanks, like verse 17 says. We give thanks to you, Lord God, because of your righteousness. And we sing your praises because of your presence and your peace that's in those moments. Lord God, I pray for my friend right now that might be going through a spiritual battle. God, I pray first and foremost that you would help them to examine their hearts and clear out any sin, any hidden sin that might be there or anything that they've done to allow the enemy to gain a foothold in their lives. Lord God, reveal that to them so that they can confess that. And then also, Lord God, I ask that you would place a hedge of protection, a shield around them, that in the midst of the attack that they're feeling, that your shield would protect them all the way around on all sides, that they would experience what it what it means to be in your presence in the middle of that circumstance. And that you would continue to be their refuge. I thank you, God, for the treasure of your word and the way it reveals that we are here to live out our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. Don't worry, I will be writing more studies, but in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women in the study, but really for you to have a a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the scripture from the the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the colors that we have designated in the study, those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the, in the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that. And they're small. You can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four gospels like that. And so that, that one is done by Hosanna Revival and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them, just the aesthetic of them. They make me feel really special when I'm working in them. And so that's all four of the Gospels. And that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set. And then the third option, and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for, is we have journaling Bibles. And so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted, and then also the leather bound. And what I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me. My Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really 
told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hears Bible study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.